Without a ball, it's just a court. And without your spirit, it's only a game. So, together with the fans, we bring our best. For your next pregame, let's share a twist on a classic. The Hennessy Margarita. A squeeze of fresh lime juice and a bit of agave syrup. Topped off with ice and a salted rim. Mix it, shake it, pour it. And enjoy the spirit of the NBA. Hennessy. Without your spirit, it's only a game. 21 and older, please drink responsibly. All right, folks, uh, today is what we're going to call the season one wrap-up show. Uh, we've had 28 amazing episodes uh, with lots of amazing guests from all walks of life, from sports, business, and culture. Uh, we're going on a brief hiatus. When I say brief, I really mean brief, and then we'll get back to you in time for uh, the NBA season to kick off. Uh, we got some uh, big things locked and loaded in formats, new formats locked and loaded in, plus the things you've loved the whole time. We're going to obviously keep those, um, so make sure you're ready for our return. Uh, but today, we just wanted to do a little bit of a deep dive and behind the scenes and um, all the experiences that we had and, you know, some of the experiences that you've been talking to us about in the comments. So, you know, definitely appreciated that, and uh, we're just going to have some fun with it today. So, for the final episode of Season 1, uh, Welcome back to another episode of Point Forward Podcast. Myself, Andre Godala, and my main man, Evan Turner. Let's get it. Point Forward. This is Andre Igadala. This is Evan Turner. We're trying to get to the true essence of not just basketball, but life. And that means something, something, something. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all that heavenly glory. That level of understanding has been taken out of the game. Of the game. E.T., uh, take us down memory lane as you, you're so uh, well-versed in doing. Uh, you know, what, what have you learned throughout this process? Uh, what were you surprised by? Some favorite guests just kind of taking us back through the journey of the last 28 episodes before this one? Man. I mean, I learned exactly what you said. It was a process. You know, even we spoke earlier before recording when we uh, logged on and, you know, we went to All-Star in Cleveland. <laughs> we, we set up a room for a couple of days and uh, we're trying to get as many as many guests to stop by as possible. And I remember, um, you know, learning the business on the side of, uh, it was kind of like a hurry up and wait in a sense of dealing with talent. Hurry you know up and I mean? wait. <laughs> and wait, basically, because we show up the first day super excited, had the room and everything. I was dressed nice, and it was like we had no guests. <laughs> you know? So I was like, "Oh, okay." And and you know, not only that, but um, you know, besides those type of difficult difficulties, you know, even our producers they had a rough time of getting into town because of the snowstorm during All Star break. And I kind of knew, like, in that sense, uh, from day one, it was going going to kind of be a doozy in a sense of, uh, you know, making things happen. And and, and uh, I thought that was uh, one of the real first things I really remembered. Mm-hmm. And um, but our first two interviews went yeah, great. Right. On on day two, remember when Isaiah Thomas showed up, gave us an interview. He gave us a pretty dope interview. And um, you know, we got Steph Curry. I thought that was a hell of a a hell of a day to get two of the best point guards in NBA history to stop by your first two podcasts. And record and you know give you their time what'd you think what'd you what'd you learn what was the process during that time yeah i think i've you know i've been seeing some i've been doing some studying other podcasts watching a few other pods and seeing you know things i like about theirs, seeing things that i don't like about theirs and 
the really good ones, you know, they go through a grind. And, you know, I was prepared for that part. Tracking down like uh, 18, 19, 20-year-olds is the, is the funniest part of it all. Uh, trying to get a couple rookies, trying to get some um, top high school, college players, you know, running down college coaches. And, you know, you you get into their worlds and it's just madness. But do you kind of understand? You're like, man, like when you're asking somebody to come hop on the pie, you're like, bruh, I know all you got to do. And I know you don't want to stop and yeah. talk because you've been talking True. all day. True. So I'm basically, I'm basically asking you to slow down your momentum, take two or three hours to do me a personal favor to dive deep into, you know well, what I'm saying? That's real. And I think what I think that's what's helped me become uh, or try to be more in tune, try to bring value to a guest. So I'm asking a guest to come do me a favor, come help create some amazing content with me. And so I'm saying to myself, all right, how can I make this something that they'll leave and say, I'm glad I did that. So that's where my mind starts going. You know, how can I, you know, like Ben Matherin, it's just, you know, he's in, yeah, he's in summer league dope. trying to get, you know, himself acclimated. You know, he's locked in. He's focused. And so I'm saying to myself, all right, give this kid some game. Uh, try to make this time very valuable for this kid so he can take, you know, energy we're giving him into the season. And hopefully, you know, this is, you know, one of the small things that he'll remember uh, that helps him have an, an amazing career. And so I'm just trying to do that with every, every guest and trying to figure out different ways that I can do that, depending on what that guest does and where they're at in their career. Yeah. So what was your, uh, who do you think your favorite guest was this year? Oh, man. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, let's see. Drew Drew was good because I had, I didn't know some of the things uh, in terms of, you know, him being young, you being young. And so, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, I had, that made me smile a lot, the interview, man. I was just happy to see y'all or see us just kind of basking, you know, um, our NBA careers and how we started off together and the, the, the Kind of what I've done for y'all. I never really, I don't, I wouldn't say I took it for granted, but you know, I thought it was just something I was supposed to do. You know, I, I got mad love for y'all, y'all my guys, and I want to see y'all successful. And so I don't think at it as it of, oh, I did that or I helped him get there. I just think he was gonna get to it anyway. Why not? You know, I got to make sure I help him out. And, and yeah. so to hear that from you too was was near and dear to me. So that was super dope. Um, getting wigs to uh, kind of open up a little bit. That was a good. That was a good one because you know he's super quiet, doesn't talk much, and then he kind of he yeah. kind of was he kind of got into his ego, which I like. You know, sometimes you need your ego. We always say that. So that was that was super cool. And uh, Chris Heron was good because I think that was that was yeah, a sleeper like one. We had some dope talks on basketball, and then I would say on the real, like Joe Lakeup and and Vivek. Yeah. Joe Lakeup and Vivek. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think absolutely. those two because you really don't get a chance to see them outside of, you know, what we see them as as NBA owners or, or governors. And, you know, they might come off a certain way, but when you get down and you just really break down their their, their thought process and how they see the business and how they run their business, you know, it's, it's, it makes a lot of sense. And so, you know, it's just like athletes. We, things we say and do can be misinterpreted. I think the same same goes for those two. So, I think those two, those two were really cool. And I got a lot of great feedback from people like, yo, that Joe episode was really good. Or the Vivek. I got a lot of folks say I, I like the Vivek interview. Yeah, I thought the Joe Lakeup was unreal considering what you knew entering an interview. He didn't have like the best reputation in right, a sense. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right. Kind of like from what people I heard, if you saw him on the street, you would give him a wedgie type vibe. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I mean. I literally, I literally saw him on the street during the finals. I'm like, man, I should kick him in the ass. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I was like, and that was all off me just hearing what I heard. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay. 
And then we had the interview for me. I'm like, man, this dude is a, obviously yeah. a genius. I know he's super successful. But, you know, when it comes down into it, there's a rhyme to every right. reason, you know? And I think uh, I look forward, you know, to deep diving. It, it gave me, you know, encouragement to continue to deep dive into our, you know, our next guest for next season. Uh-huh. Because that's, those stories is like what really made them. And um, there's, you know, even when he's telling a story about, you know, how you put together the whole team, building homegrown players and then kind of taking a step further and moving the team to San Fran and building, you know, we talk about private and public, you know, uh, funding for uh, the new stadiums, yep. these, the risk yep. and everything that he was able to take in order to, you know, try to take his organization, his beliefs to the next level. I, I really respect him for that. And um, I thought that was one of my favorites. And he took an L for us too. Or if you consider that an L, I mean, that could be like, Free marketing, I or not be paid marketing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. That was the most we ever got. Right? <laughs> that, was, that was the high, highest number we ever got for for a marketing sponsorship <laughs> ad on here, right? True story. <laughs> I never thought about it like that. That's a great point. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. I'm like, shoot, that's that's what you that's what you negotiate with for uh, season two. Yeah, for true real. story. <laughs> true story. And uh, but what we got? We got five NBA governors. You know, we had Michael Rubin, formerly five former. I think it's currently four. Uh, Michael Rubin, former. Uh, Ryan Smith, Jazz, uh, just learning his journey was dope. Uh, Joe Vivek and D Wade. So um, we got some more to come too. Uh, so you know, hope folks stay in and, and tapped in for that. Yo, what do you think was an aqua moment? Because you brought up Ryan Smith and uh, towards the end of the interview, you were like, "Ryan, you're so cool for a Caucasian person." <laughs> <laughs> Or something like that. He was like, uh, I don't know how to take that, but thank you. I was like, I, I thought it was funny, but I guess in this climate, I was like, in this climate, the oppressor can oppress. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? The oppressor can oppress. So I was like, all right, I feel that, Ryan. Stick up for yourself. Uh, awkward. You know what? One of the moments, I think, talking about surprises, um, I think I know what surprised you the most. I think Jordan Poole really surprised you. Absolutely. Jordan Poole is a super wavy guy. He's been in the lab all summer getting his game right. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I had the same situation like what Dame had just from a distance. I'm like, man, when I, <laughs> you just don't know his personality from a right. distance. And when it all makes sense, it's all confidence. It's all built and earned. You right. know what I mean? But I didn't know him from Adam, yeah. you know? And uh, one thing I, I think he said that I love uh, young kids to take away from was, you know, he wanted to find out if the work was going to you know, help or not. And he's like, like, that's my theory. Like, would it work? How far would the work take me? And I was like, bro, that's 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 unbelievable. I'm a fan for forever. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? For sure, for sure. And uh, I really, D Wade kind of, he really looked out. He gave us a lot of gems, man. And Absolutely. people don't understand how close we keep our, you know, experience to the vest or the trauma to the vest. And for him to open up the way he did, and you know, look out for us was super solid, especially for Chicago basketball so i think it was uh he his was super super dope yeah i like that what um so who was somebody that you know when you sit there and you go through the interviews and everything what was something that you you truly learned that you didn't think you were gonna learn you know what i'm saying like something that you took out from the interview and carried it over into real life something that i learned i don't i didn't even i didn't learn it on the show and you know one of the things we talked about pre-production is you know, what are some of the things we we missed or some regrets we had? And the story we got about Eric Wan was pretty amazing. And yeah. I'll try to tell it as close to the way I heard it. And essentially, uh, from what we hear, who told that story to us? Where were we at? Were we in Ohio? We were in Columbus? Yeah, who told, what? 
Was that Jelani that told us it that story? It wasn't It's an amazing story. So essentially, Eric Wan was a child prodigy in terms of his IQ. And he was just a brilliant individual. And he's from a small town. And he basically, the town, this is like a community co-op, I guess you could call it. The co-op. I'm thinking of the wire now. They're talking about the co-op. <laughs> but essentially, he was able to get funding from his town. And the town was trying to get him to another big city in the country to get him access to America. And so uh, apparently they raised all this money to get him to take this test so we can test out, so we can get um, access to America, so we can get all his paperwork and get everything. They were just trying to get him out. It was like, he's he's too yeah. great for us. And that's, that's the funny yeah. part. We were talking about this early on with Steph and we were, you know, talking to Steph and, and his camp and saying, you know, what you said about, was it Drajan Petrovic? Drajan Petrovic, yeah, yeah. yeah. What he said. At his funeral, his mom said, uh, at the funeral, somebody came up to him and said, we know you're sad or whatever, but, you know, Drajan belonged to all of us. Like, he represented our country. Like, you know right. what I'm saying? But Eric Wan, uh, obviously the CEO of Zoom, who we, we all use every day, um, he was essentially, his, his, his village said, you know, you were made for the world, not just for us. And they did whatever they could to try to fund to just get him out. And that's, I think that speaks volumes. Like, how often do you hear that story? You know, coming from that background, it's like, all right, we're going to do whatever we got to do to get this kid out because he's going to change the world. And this was at a young age. Like, how often do we, it's like him or LeBron, like prodigies that really live up to the hype. Like, you, you really don't see that that often. So I thought that was something that I learned. I wish we could have broke it down with him, but we just we didn't know until afterwards, which is crazy. So yeah. someone heard the pod and then was like, "You know, this happened with this guy." So thought that was really cool. Yeah, I feel like that was my guy Scott. Was were we at Mirfield and he told the oh, story? I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Scott. Yeah, Scott yeah, Pickett. we were at Mirfield. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Shout out to Mirfield for kicking my ass. Yeah, you I had the only birdie that day. Bro, I thought you golfed well. You, you left mad. I was like, all right. That's how you want to spend. Yeah, I'm like, you want to spend your su- Sunday that way? You might as well go hoop. Like, shit, I'm like, this is what you're no, doing? You like, play, as a you play tough courses, you, you want to play good. And like, no, that course you can't miss. You were mad that they didn't tell you when you hit it into the water that there was water. I, was, I had a blind shot, so I'm not knowing. I, I know my miss. If, it's, yeah. if you say it's water right, okay, I'm not going to miss right. But I, yeah. I, it was water short, so I'm like, all right, I can just hit it long and you know just fly the bunker right and I'll be fine. It was like, no, nah, it's water on the right side too. When was you going to tell me? <laughs> oh, shot. Yeah, how about I was thinking uh, one of those uh, awkward moments. We never bring up, and I think what I learned is uh, – in order to do a live post game, there literally can't be anyone around. Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, you you literally have to be prepped. It's not even preparation. It's like preparation, like on stuff outside, like interviewing. Like when we were doing our post game live, we uh, room service came. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did. You know what I mean? Chuck Ellis came. Yes. The phone rang. Christina. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you understand what I'm saying? I'm like, man. This was tough. <laughs> you know, like note to self. Um, if it just can't be two two people in the car, then it can't be done. <laughs> Yo, so after <laughs> so after <laughs> so after game three, you remember that um in Boston, NBA finals yep. and everything. You guys just kinda lost. We went to uh 
you guys lost. You're down two one in a series, obviously, and it was all it's all this momentum going on that wasn't shifting your way, and all this negative talk and chatter and everything. Was it was it tough t- after losing game three in such a big situation to come back and try to do a post game talk? Like, were you like, damn, what am I going to say here? Like, am I ready to do this? Is this were you worried about it being appropriate? Yeah, I think that was the. I, I knew I'd be fine, and I knew I wouldn't let someone. I know I wouldn't let it bother me that I did the pod after the game yeah. because I think, you know, we have to do post-game media anyway. So yeah. that's the issue yeah. that I have sometimes when they tell us, you know, Draymond, how can you do the pod post having a bad game or post losing a game? And this, I'm thinking to myself, we have to do post-game media anyway. So who's to say yeah. on what format can I express how the game went? And so that bothers me more than anything. So I wasn't really worried about any backlash. And then I'm well equipped to handle myself verbally towards anyone who has any issues with me speaking on that. And um, it's interesting. We were on Twitter spaces and then we were live. Like yeah. that was super in- interesting. Yeah. And I think, the, I think the fans really expected it. I think we got a better reception than I would have thought. You know, I thought we would have got a lot of what y'all lost, y'all lost. Why you on here and y'all lost? And, you know, people started to understand you know, like we're up late. It's like one or two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And we're we're yeah. like up, up. Like the juice is still flowing. You know what I'm saying? Like Absolutely. The, like I'm wired. I'm wide awake. We got practice and I don't know how many hours and you can't go to sleep anyway. So I think you got a chance to see it from that perspective. And I think that's what's different from basketball and other sports. You know, other sports, it's the Super Bowl. It's just one game you lose and it's just, you know, you can't really replay anything that you can go back yeah. the next game and say we're going to win the next game because we got a series. It's just, that's it. And so to see it in the yeah. NBA, you know, final series and what goes through it, I, get, I think it was it was well received. And, and um, like, like, that was interesting. I don't know if that's ever been done on Twitter spaces before. No, I think that was the first time. So that was definitely a unique thing. And I think, you know, obviously that – the, the improv thing that Draymond did a few days yeah. prior to, but it wasn't on, on yeah, a Twitter space. But Not, I thought that was the first time and in that situation to really take that type of step, especially in that type of atmosphere. I mean, that was pressure situation and championship and trying to re- keep a dynasty yeah. going. And like, I was in the building. I remember that energy. I'm like, man, they really just 2-1 these boys. Like, this <laughs> this looks scary. Like, that's, that's what I thought. Scary at... No, I- <laughs> no, nah, bro. Because I told you that prior to, I never, se- I've never seen nobody outscore yeah. y'all like that, or like beat y'all at your own game. And, and Draymond and you weren't yep. playing much, right? Draymond and Clay were not nowhere to be found. They were beating y'all in all the hustle yeah, categories. Right. And then you had a couple young lions that could really score with the best of them. And then all their players were yeah. hitting shots, like Payton's hitting shots. Marcus Smart's not missing. Derek White, like literally everybody was balling. So I'm like, man, if y'all come out of this one. I would unbelievable, and it was. Thank you. I told you the next night it's over. You, it, you literally said that. You said we're gonna win. I said, bro, if you say it, I believe it. And I'm no, open. you did say that though. You did say that. I said, I said, I said, I don't know, but these are the reasons why. I never seen nobody do that to yeah. y'all. So I said, if anybody is able to break out of it, it would be y'all because y'all seen so many things. So I hope what I know about the sport will come, you know, will rise to the top because. Out of all the great players that couldn't beat y'all, like two youngins, Tatum and Jalen Brown, knock y'all off. Like, and that's no like disrespect to them. I'm just like, then there's like the irony. They went up against Brian, took out Brian, took out all these great players. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But we did what we had to do. Yeah, now you're four time champ. Four. 
Hennessy and Mitchell and Ness have come together for the ultimate drop, a limited edition collection to celebrate Hennessy's continued partnership with the NBA. Because some things just go together, like Evan and myself. Hey man, man, remember when we met back in the day at Tim Grover's attack facility? Mm-hmm. I think it was like 08. I was finishing up my freshman year and you were about to prepare to get that bag, right? Yes, my extension year. We met in 08. In 2010, we fast forward to be each other's teammates. Mm-hmm. I obviously thought I was better than you. Then the first day of practice, I go baseline. And you you Brian blocked my shot before Brian. That was Brian. a good block, G. <laughs> bro, I that, remember that. Bro, that was amazing block. I'm looking like, bro, what just happened back there? And then I'm like thinking something, like talking to my agent. Like, bro, you just said I was better than this <laughs> Look, on the court, you're surrounded by a collection of personalities, egos, and talent. But when the pieces come together, that's when you form a great team. The same thing is true when you mix a great drink. Different ingredients come together for the first time, complementing one another to make something out of this world. And beyond the drinks, this drop with Hennessy and Mitchell and Ness celebrates the intersection of basketball with art, music, and fashion. Elements of culture that represent ways the fans and players pay homage to the game. The exclusive collection will have a limited drop available for both in retail and online. Check out at Hennessy US on Instagram for more information. Hennessy, without your spirit, it's only a game. 21 and older, please drink responsibly. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And, you know, just to, I've been hearing some chatter uh recently on you know decisions and things of that nature uh this will be the home of the decision i don't know is that is that a trademark the decision can i say the decision because people people suing people nowadays ain't they <laughs> hashtag the decision no people are suing people these days i see uh billy hunter is um uh, he's suing over a hockey story he's suing lebron and drake so um i will be uh making my uh, what's another? What's the synonym for decision? Um, announcement. <laughs> Stake my future on uh, point forward. How about that? <laughs> uh, I'll be making it from here, point forward. Whether I'm taking my talents back to the Warriors or taking my talents somewhere else or taking my black ass home, we shall see. We should do a wait. We should do a pros and cons episode, Evan. How long would your pros be? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like realistically. I don't know. You tell me. I'm just like, you say pros, you get to come back and you Pete, do the sports you love, I guess. We should, we should do a uh, Twitter poll. 
and then they get uh, what what percentage of the fan vote goes into the All Star game? We're gonna do the same uh, breakdown. It's like the coaches vote, the fans vote, and the NBA, the league votes, right? It's like yeah, the fans get a third of the yeah. vote, a third of the third of the weight of the vote. I don't know if that's strong <laughs> enough, man. No, no. <laughs> I don't no, know if that's we, strong we, enough to be asking. I'll that. have some interesting uh, mentions on Twitter. If it's not so good nights or I ain't moving the way they want me to move, I get some take your old ass home uh, responses. <laughs> no, and that's what I'm saying. Like, what you're doing, what you, I want to read the comments. I want to read the replies and be like, man, man, hell no. Get that nigga the fuck up. Like, if somebody's like, man, sit up next to Livingston. Right, like, right, like right. that type of thing. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I'm definitely looking forward to hearing your decision. Hopefully, uh, you know, obviously you, it's, it's the right decision. You're happy, you know, with the choice you make and, you know, finish off 2022 with the, with our foot in the ass. Foot in the ass. That's a, that's a hell of a pick too we took in. But back, back to our recap, um, who was the hardest person to book? That's a great question. Oh, the hardest person to book. I guess the hardest people to book are the people that you probably know. Like, you know what I mean? Like. Like in a sense, it's not even in a sense, uh, because a lot of people don't comprehend. It's like, yo, just throw your friends on there. Get this person on there. Get that person on there. It's like, there's certain people you have a relationship with where it's just personal. And there's certain people like where you yeah. don't really have like the utmost business relationship with. So sometimes it's like, all right, all right, bro. Like I'm not about to push too hard to ask this man for a convo. Like, you know what True. I mean? True. Wigs, Wigs was difficult and not because he didn't want to do it because he just, yeah. He was nervous. Man, how much I got to talk? Loon was hard to get. I had to yeah. pull teeth. Uh, Jordan Poole, I guess. Jordan Poole I mean, was pulling teeth trying to get him. Oh, my yeah. God. It wasn't hard to book, but I understand. Steph was somewhat hard to book in the sense of uh, his obligations, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He trying to get him around. I remember, it was easy in terms of he said yes right away. Like, yeah. He said yes right away. That was one of the coolest moments, I think. was in a sense, because you see him all the time, and sometimes you don't yeah. – in. Sometimes you don't see how people around him view him. Right. You know, right. like all the time. Yeah. So we're yeah. in a small enough atmosphere where, you know, we're upstairs on the second floor at a hotel, you know, area. And then, you know, I didn't like, I always tell the story, I will. I didn't know Steph was there, but you kind of felt his presence. Because mm -hmm. even right. like the 30 people that were around, it kind of got like uneasy and excitement. I'm kind of like, what the, the hell is going Like, what's going on? Like, you know what I mean? Right before he even walked in the room, you just he, felt like something going on outside. Yeah, and it, it was kind of it was kind of cool to see like when he walked in and sat down. It was kind of like we spoke during an interview, the Steph effect. I could look around and see everybody like hair standing on their arm and at like full attention. And I'm like, wow, yeah. we're really outside looking in. This is a, like I even felt that. I'm like, damn, like I ain't felt this since I saw Bieber on the elevator. Like you know, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, is this? Damn, this man is that. That big yeah. of a deal. This is like yeah. it was unbelievable. I thought that was I. I thought that would go down for us personally and being like, "Yo, we interviewed Steph Curry, dog." Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I thought yeah. that was a a, a cool yeah. moment to really to really know like you're kind of interviewing a star. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think you know just to speak on some fan interactions that we received, some comments we received, and somebody asked, you know, why we have Eric Wan on. And, you know, if you follow the show, you know, we always speak on, you know, the intersection between business and sports and how culture is right in the middle of that and how our culture has always been, you know, kind of taken advantage of. You know, someone's always taking the RIP, uh, repackaging it and, and profiting from it. And even 
profiting from it from us and it's our own stuff. So it's like somebody takes something from you and then leases it back to you. And um, when they asked why would we have Eric Wan on, they wanted to be all basketball. This is just it just reminded me of that shut up and dribble thing. And you know, I think you know we have we always call it the fiduciary responsibility. That's yeah. what Guns and Butters is. And you know that it's just that that narrow mindset. So we gonna keep coming with some of the top uh, thought provoking uh, CEOs and you know some of the uh, the folks who they really moved the world. Like Zoom really moved the world. Like we couldn't we couldn't get nothing done without Zoom, and he kind of kept it kept it revolving around the sun. And so I was, you know, super appreciative of his time and, and hopefully, you know, and I think we got this new format that we're working on as well to, you know, um, give you a more in tune, in depth look at, you know, some of the business leaders that we bring on and, you know, put them as an tournament to athletes, you would say. And, and, and so you can see them in, in the light that you're used to seeing athletes in. So hopefully it comes across, you know, the way we are, trying to get it to come across yeah yo so who's your dream guest who do you think uh, is- you know who the dream guest is we've been looking for him since starsky and hutch michael michael jordan yes oh, i'm about to say that wasn't my dream i'm like what <laughs> dream guest sade but no i just showed <laughs> no sade would be a good dream guest man it would be sade would be a dope dream guest um now childish gambino pharrell williams childish gambino Childish Gambino, Pharrell Williams. They on, they, on, they on his ass right now. They on Childish ass. They said uh, Atlanta was made for white people because uh, of last season. I, I don't. Bro, the last season was some of the best TV I ever watched. For sure, for sure, for sure. We're 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 bugging right now though. All right, we gonna have to put your thinking cap on. All right, we were bugging. I want to tell all the listeners we were bugging, but not really because we have been thinking about it the whole time. It just didn't. It didn't come to fruition as early as we would like for it to come. Who was it? Will Smith. So, so you got to give me. We're going to have a ton of female guests season two. Like that's that's what I'm on. Female guests. Asia Wilson is the MVP. Asia, if you see me, uh, I, I like I like I've been giving her crazy praise. I, yeah. I rocks with her game. She got it. She got Chelsea Gray. Did you see her the other night? <laughs> the one at thirty one and ten carried them to the WNBA finals, bro. With the Aces from the Aces, right? From the Aces, straight work. All right, but when you get off. Pause. When you get off and we stop doing this, go type in Chelsea Gray. Just do yourself a favor. Yeah, and I got you. you no, I, I, just do yourself I've been a favor. Watching, I've been watching a lot of Kelsey Plum. Kelsey Plum, she was broke one of them games, but she still had like 80 rebounds and eight assists. And that that's 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 basketball. No, they have an unbelievable team. Don't they get it wrong. Yeah, and yeah, they got like some youngins on the bench like uh, Kirsten Bell that can really kill. Like, But I'm telling you, Chelsea Gray, unbelievable. Who else? All right, female female guest. So uh, Coco Golf, yes, I'm a super huge fan of hers. You know we rock. We've been rocking New Balance is crazy, and she just got her own New Balance show. We got to pull up on her. Uh, she's still she's been still been winning, right? She's still in the, in the U.S. Open. She's she just lost. Winning. She just lost last night. Oh, damn, Gina. Um, I want the Curios. The Curios. Curios. We said female, oh, female guest. Uh, I'm tripping because I was thinking of my man too. I was thinking of uh, Tiafo. Uh, Francis Tiafo, who's been balling, he took down the Dow, then he won his match the other day. So he keeps advantage. He should be in the semifinals now, I believe. But back to females, Don Staley, we've been talking about. We want to, we want, we like, I, I've been watching Don Staley since I was a kid. I want uh, Nicole Hannah Jones. Yeah, she stiffed us though. She stiffed us. She gave us the. Yeah. Uh, there's a female that not too many of you know about. Uh, I want uh, Ashley Trinity Rodman. I really like Trinity Rodman. 
I think she's uh, the next big name in American soccer. Dennis Rodman's daughter. Oh yeah, we've been talking that'd, about her crazy. That'd be a hell of a, that would be a we've hell of a story. We've been talking about her a lot. Yeah, Trinity Rodman. I mean, we got we gonna find her. And then at uh at the ESPYS, Quinta Brunson. Yeah. Came up yeah, to you and you guys had a great conversation and yeah. she was talking about her love for uh, Philadelphia 76ers and um, being a diehard and she thanked you for uh, taking the Sixers to the NBA Finals. So um, that, that could yeah, be one. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that could be another one. I got a surprise for y'all with Quinta. Uh, I'm looking forward to coming up. Uh, Tashonda Brown Duckett is... The sweetest lady ever. She's she's might be one of the brightest minds that uh, we've ever sat and had a conversation with. She just blew my mind. Uh, Tashonda Brown Duckett. I'm really looking forward to uh, possibly having a conversation with her. Um, I don't even care if it's recorded or not, but I always enjoy being in her presence. Um, super dope. Met her at the um, Gratitude Weekend with Robert Smith. Uh, Tashonda is the CEO of TIAA. Um, it's a company whose mission is defined by financial inclusion and opportunity. And uh, they're the leading provider of secure retirements and outcome-focused investment solutions to millions of people and thousands of institutions. And and she's the sweetest woman on earth. Very smart. Very, very cool. You want to know who I w- We're at the ESPYs and she won an award. Uh, I think she's an ex-game uh, young lady. Her name's Eileen Gu. Mm-hmm. San, Fran, uh, San Fran native. I think she's going to Stanford. But looked her up all around, like, just it. That's an ill young and uh, I think she's like what th- Forbes thirty under thirty. Um, she's a Tiffany's model, like all that stuff. She's a she's going to Stanford X game uh, winner, and I think she's a big Warriors fan. So yeah, I thought uh, how she spoke and everything at the ESPYS is pretty dope. But I would definitely want to uh, interview her because I think she's going to. Uh, I think she's young, but I think she's going to you know make a big mark in the world for sure. Yeah, freestyle skier. Yeah, yeah, I yeah her. She's she dope. was super cool. Yeah, she was she dope. Was super cool. And she had an ill Tiffany's. I think she's she has a Tiffany's sponsorship or whatever. But she had the dopest Tiffany's necklace. It was, it was like the uh, the flower the the flower edition or whatever. A bracelet, yeah. tennis bracelet, and necklace it was unbelievable. Yeah, she was getting to it. Yeah. She was getting to it. Yeah, I, I truly, uh, I had a good time uh, at the ESPYs and met some dope folks, and she was one of them. You think, since the show has started, do you think our relationship has changed? Not really, to be yeah. honest. I think we just we just work more together. Yeah, and we hang out. I don't mind hanging out with you. I like hanging out with you. I just wonder if you get tired of hanging out with me. So I was like, damn, this thing going to see me four times, <laughs> six times in like a week. I, I'm like, man. Only thing, I, only thing, the only negative is i pick up some of your bad habits this man right here no 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 you do what you want to do and then blame <laughs> and then try to uh, like i'm like damn you eating candy here damn this man you always eat pizza here damn you, you, you doing this uh, uh, like all that bro, I'm like, i didn't, I ate a lot of pizza this summer hey, i gained i gained four pounds and i was highly upset with myself i lost it though I lost. I told you I gained five pounds yesterday. I lost three already, though, so I got really? two more to go. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm still probably 38 away from where I want to be. But <laughs> yeah. like I said, my Ed Davis once told me, man, everybody, everybody got to go out one way. You know what I mean? So I'll be going out eating pizza. <laughs> <laughs> These are facts. Yeah. Uh, favorite reactions you got about the show? I guess like. Somewhat like the realistic reaction where people are like, oh shit, that shit was it was really good. Like I actually enjoyed it. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I think those are some of my favorite ones yeah. because uh, it's not like it's tr- someone trying to like 
do an icebreaker conversation or anything like that. Like actually being approached and being like, yo, this is my favorite part of the show. I like the guns and butter. I like that segment of it. Or, you know, a lot of times people talk about our uh, connection and, you know, how we communicate mm-hmm. and everything like that. I think that's mm-hmm. what's been uh, fun, at least to the point, even when you're kind of unsure of the situation, you're like, okay, we're somewhat, I think we're doing the right thing. This is a sign that we're going down the right path for the most part. You know what I'm saying? I always thought yeah. that considering when you're doing something for yourself or, you know, enjoying yourself and you have to, whether you like it or not, it will be judged by the masses. You know, you know what I'm saying? And Yeah, it's true. And, and I've, since Philly just removed myself from caring about masses. So like sometimes I'm so numb to stuff that like, if I think it's ill, I just think it's ill. And that's what I decide to leave on earth much more than like some random that I don't know that don't, you know what I'm saying? That don't care about, no, but it's, it's an understatement random that don't care about me. I don't care about them. And that's perfectly fine. But somehow out of all the ways in the world, they can get behind a door and, and you know, make an opinion. And it's like, yeah, so I, I've always like just taken a step back and been like, man, opinions like assholes. Everybody got one, and the only thing that comes out of them is shit. So <laughs> I never heard that ending. Only thing that comes out of it. But I, I would say one of the dope encounters was in L.A. We were leaving the ESPYS. We had a hell of a night that night, and uh, the next morning we we had a jam packed schedule, yeah. and then we were trying to figure out a way to get to Colorado, and we had like nine different flights get switched up and change and cancel so everything but private we chose every decision but private for some reason (laughs) (laughs) i ain't got it (laughs) but But okay throughout that throughout that trek we had to we had to move to orange county we had to get to orange county and we just got there in the nick of time but we stopped at salt and straw and like where where was that salt and straw it was like by in the one in santa monica and um you're not a fan of salt and straws too many exquisite flavors but they had no pizza flavor. But the interaction we got with just a random dude walking out was super, super cool in terms of, you know, he said he liked the show. And obviously, King Rudy goes, well, what do you like about the show? And he wanted uh, his thesis on why he liked the show. But the guy was able to articulate it and say, you know, I like the interaction. I like the realness. I like the rawness of it. Uh, but I also feel like I'm learning something every time about the athlete. It's just something I never thought about. And I thought that was just super cool. You you always like hearing that feedback in terms of, you know, what are we doing right? But also constructive criticism, too. Yeah. You know, I've gotten some, obviously, from, you know, folks close in my circle that we, you know, picked up on. But I think other athletes that give us, you know, praise on the show is super cool. When Jeff Green told me in the playoffs he enjoyed the show, I was like, whoa. You know, just the type of guy I would want to listen. Demarcus Cousins, after he almost got me killed, he surprised me and said, yo, the pod is dope. And I'm like, I would have never thought you would like the pod. Yeah. And, I, yeah. you know, like, obviously, I would want to have a conversation with you, just didn't know. And um, the other one was your guy. Um, Seth Curry. Oh, D-Lo. Oh, okay. Seth, Seth, too. Like, I think Seth is, like, the standard. Of it. Like, what's if, yep. he, if he tunes into it, because, like, Seth is kind of chill and, like, yep. Yep. In a sense, yep. like, he don't got time for bullshit or, like, yep. nothing. So, if he listens to her, it tunes in. I'm like, damn, is Seth Curry's listening? All right, that's good enough for me. Like, you know what I mean? There you go. Yep. And then, and then uh, like you said, this re- weekend, D'Angelo Russell, when we saw D- yeah. D'Lo this weekend, D-Lo, he asked yeah, to be yeah, on yeah, the yeah, pod yeah. and everything mm-hmm. like that. And uh, he definitely enjoys it. And uh, when we were in Lake Como, people stopped us in, in Italy. Lake Como. We got people stopping Lake Como. Yeah, yeah, yeah and people cool. being like, oh, shit. I didn't know. One thing was I didn't know the other half of a point four was here because you were once again waiting in a gelato line for ice cream, and I was just waiting mine in my business. And uh, People going to think I'm retiring based on my diet and food we've been talking about. <laughs> nah, just if they say you're gaining weight, just tell them you're getting paid, right? 
<laughs> Call yeah, it like that. That, one. <laughs> that was Wayne. All right, so ET, uh, what are we excited about moving forward? I think uh, you know, just elevating the show. I think obviously we kind of had twenty eight cracks at to see which way we could do enough uh, data and info to see which way to go. But I think you know, as next season occurs and everything, I think we'll both you know take time to keep uh, getting better at our craft and getting more comfortable to uh, you know push these talks and these conversations even deeper. I think what yep. you just saw right now, for the sake of uh, the test out and stuff, has been just surface level. And um, right. I think the world is ready for, you know, the deep conversations and to, uh, you know, a lot of times when we when we talk to people in this realm and this space, they get dehumanized yeah, for whatever reason. And uh, what I'm looking forward to is, like we said, we made Eric Wan look like D-Wade or try to. I want to continue to humanize people yep. for who they are and the greatness that they are. And at the end of the day, the ones that, you know, you can't take for granted, the ones that float above you. And a lot of times we're in a situation in this world where we try to make stuff equal and it's not equal. Nothing's equal. Like n- none of that's the same. So I want to for sure keep humanizing those that, you know, don't get their credit besides money. And people think that yeah, should be it. Yeah. True. True. And I think, you know, you, you spoke directly to it and talk in terms of, you know, we take people for granted. And I think that's what we're trying to highlight, you know, Point forward is about you know directing you on this journey and of how Jelani said this you know the, you tap into the one percent like what what makes the one percent the one percent and I think we all of our guests were part of that one percent and when when I think we all have a one percent in us it's just how do we tap into it and, yeah and so I think that's what we're going to continue to try to do um, make it you know uh, make it fun too you know have some fun with it but at the same time you know this a learning experience and and hopefully. Uh, folks get an opportunity to, you know, really appreciate the folks that we bring on and, and take something away with it. Also, big shout out to the, uh, the whole team. You know, the whole team's done an incredible job. Uh, couldn't have done it without them. Um, Carl, Ethan. Brad. That's the Brad, I, call, on I got Brad. I got every name for Brad except Brad. Uh, but uh, Patience, uh, Rudy's V. And then one of our guests, obviously, John Skipper, uh, head of Metal Arc. Uh, Lauren, we had a couple of folks who they rode with us early on, and they, 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 they left us. Who, who? It was Lauren, and who else left us? It was a, it was a ginger girl, right? Ginger girl, Lauren and Lindsay. I, I always had this random thing. It was like you are like I went to white schools when I was a kid sometimes, and like it was easy as long as there was a ginger in class, it was fine because they usually treated the ginger worse than they treated me. You ever notice that? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, we're like we be at the same spot. Like, damn, they fucking you up, man. Like, like, you know, like, like damn, okay. <laughs> Must be a Chicago thing, man. It had to have been. No, but uh, but shout out to the, the whole team. You know, everybody did it. Shout out to all the sponsors as well. Uh, the Lebatar Network. They showed us a lot of love too. Uh, they had some amazing edits and, and, and Stu Gods. Uh, yeah, Stu Gotts. They made it really easy for me to repost on uh, Instagram. Uh, that Instagram thing is, is a doozy of a daisy. And uh, now I understand KD's first ever TikTok when he says, what I'm supposed to do. Um, somebody said, brush your hair. Was- <laughs> <laughs> bro, KD. But, but KD's social media, bro. In the past oh. year and a half or whatever, it's been legit, bro. Yes, I'm, now, I'm rocking with it. Now, I can't compare it to his burner joint, but this KD <laughs> joint is top level. And we're going to end it on that note. 
Thanks for everybody for tuning in. Season one is a wrap. Uh, look forward to seeing y'all real soon for season two. Stay tuned in. We got some exciting things coming. God bless you. Without a ball, it's just a court. And without your spirit, it's only a game. So, together with the fans, we bring our best. For your next pregame, let's share a twist on a classic. The Hennessy Margarita. A squeeze of fresh lime juice and a bit of agave syrup. Topped off with ice and a salted rim. Mix it, shake it, pour it. And enjoy the spirit of the NBA. Hennessy. Without your spirit, it's only a game. 21 and older, please drink responsibly. 